This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Thanks for joining us this morning, Nick Medelsky, live from St. James Coffee in Rochester, Minnesota. Great talk about homeschooling there with uh, Krista before the break. Again, that's Krista at tanbooks.com. If you wanted to get in touch with her, like she said, she's uh, welcome. Um, Happy to give any encouragement or little bits of advice you might need uh, outside of the official uh, TAN Books uh, program. So take advantage of that if you're considering homeschooling, if you have any questions about that. Or you can feel free to ask me, uh, not that I know a ton, (laughs) but uh, Nick at RealPresenceRadio.com. Our next guest is Ellen Bauman, and she is the Director of Religious Education at St. Lambert's Parish in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I just had the opportunity to visit Sioux Falls this past Thursday for the Faith and Business Conference, and uh, I got to say, a beautiful cathedral there. It was uh, so amazing. If you ever are in Sioux Falls, make sure to stop at the cathedral and especially see the the Sacred Heart Adoration Chapel in the back there. Just astounding, amazing. I can't say enough good things about it. Such a beautiful church to visit. And I'm sure St. Lambert's is a beautiful parish too. I just haven't made it there personally myself yet. Uh, Ellen, welcome to the program. Thank you. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, it's interesting that you uh, sort of kicked off with um, recognition of the beauty of the cathedral. That was the very first stop that I ever made in Sioux Falls. Ah. It was right after the restoration, and I was completely taken by the beauty. It was incredible and very mm-hmm. intimate. It's a very intimate space. Yeah. So, um, as you said, my name is Ellen Bauman, and I'm, I'm fairly new to Sioux Falls. I moved here six years ago um, for this position, actually, at St. Lambert. Uh, so, still... Learning as I as I go, um, learning the diocese, but it feels very much like home. That's great. That's great to hear. Um, so one of the reasons we wanted to have you on the show today is because of St. Lambert's kind of unique approach to catechesis in the parish. Um, each parish does it a little bit differently, uh, right? Uh, but what makes the program there at St. Lambert's uh, unique? Um, I would say, to begin, what brought me here was um, to start what's called it's Catechesis of the Good Shepherd, ah. and it's a, it's a method of education that's fairly unique, um, mm-hmm. fairly new, especially in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, but just in, in general, to describe it, um, it's a method of education that the space is almost as important as the materials themselves. Um, so it's a space that um, invites contemplation and mm-hmm. reflection. After mm-hmm. presentations are given, uh, the materials that are used are beautiful. Uh, they're natural materials, um, and so it's a it's a it's a method of education that draws young children into the story of salvation, mm-hmm. um, beginning with the infancy narratives of Jesus. Um, and really allowing them to experience the love of the Father. And then mm. as they mature, their reason starts to kick in, they have more questions, and they mature through a few different stages, leading to the realization we are liturgical people. Mm. And so it's, um, it uses objects, I would say, as kind of the central sort of mm-hmm. means of, of drawing them into this greater mystery. 
Right. It's it's a good way of making all the intangibles of the faith kind of tangible, right? Yeah, kids can touch them and hold them and, and maybe play with them isn't... I mean, that's a somewhat accurate word to use. I think play with them in that play can be as much of uh, something that leads into learning, right? Yeah, and actually with young children, play and work are very much the same thing. So they work with the materials, but for them, it it, it is a, a form of play. Um, so that same concept, that same method, in our traditional program, um, a family of faith, is that carries into even outside of the atrium. Um, where we we try to train and help the catechist see that to slow down and to allow space for curiosity, for questions, for um, dialogue is really important in education, um, that we aren't just checking boxes and listing off a bunch of content, but we allow that space for the Holy Spirit to to move and to allow that curiosity that naturally is in all of us to come forth and um, be able to dialogue about whatever the topic is. Awesome. Awesome. So uh, for those people who aren't familiar with catechesis, the Good Shepherd, we use the term like atrium, what, what does that look like? It's a space that is set apart, so only catechesis of the Good Shepherd um, happens in this space. It's, it has essentials, so it's not going to be a classroom where you see a lot of things on the walls or a lot of knickknacks. Um, the essentials are specifically for the work and the presentations that are used in the atrium. And so it's, you can say it's minimal in that mm-hmm. sense um, and quiet. So there's a whole period where the students come in to learn grace and courtesies. So things like how to interrupt if you need help with something, um, pushing in chairs, pulling out chairs, closing doors. There's, it's a human formation a, a total person, human formation. So we work with them, even care for the environment. And so, again, keeping in mind, we are a liturgical people. So when you think forward to what does this mean, then living the life, the Christian life in the church, um, mm-hmm. all of these things play out. Um, and so it's really a formation of the human person. Which is wonderful, I think. Instead of, you know, uh, just facts or or these abstract concepts which you know there are a lot of things in the faith that are difficult for for me to understand you know <laughs> there these concepts that are way beyond us and to take that and translate that into something that like you said you know free of you know excess distractions kind of some people might use the word minimalist right but to really focus in on those things yeah and the and the real catalyst if you will the real teacher is the holy spirit um, the catechists themselves, again, the importance of having that space for contemplation to happen, for wonder to, you know, to give permission to be curious about what they heard, what they're seeing, and yes, in some cases, like what they're feeling if they're working with objects. Um, but yeah, it's, 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 a, it's a very human formation. It's a very human way to, to form, and ultimately at a young age, they're already in relationship with God, um, mm-hmm. and so we're nurturing what already exists. And so as a young three-year-old, really the goal, if you will, if that's the right word to use, is to, like matchmaker, to put them more deeply um, into relationship to experience the love of the Father. And then we start introducing 
like you said, more abstract or, you know, concepts. Um, right. You know, we don't start with morality, you know, right, right away. <laughs> um, do you know the Father's love? Yeah. And then once we experience and have that nurtured in our lives, we naturally want to know Him more. Right, absolutely, and I and I always love that when when I talk to people uh, with involved with catechesis of the Good Shepherd is it's not, you know, um, introducing anything foreign to what's already there in the child. Right. right, children already love God; they already know that God's a part of their lives. It's already there; it's built in. Right, right. <laughs> it's it's things in the world, distractions that that point us away from that and get us, you know, distracted from that, but. You know, when when you get them when they're young, right, they still know that. They still have that relationship, and it's just helping that relationship to blossom, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and so that actually is a great segue into, because we also offer traditional catechesis, hmm. so more of a, a classroom, typical what you would find um, in many parishes. But it's that same, it's that same method um, to, to really bring that, into the classroom, slowing down, using objects, um, just staying with the essentials, really learning what questions are in the heart of the, the child before you, or in some cases the, the adult, because the parents are also in class at the same time. Oh, uh, parents are in, in, the, in the class with the children at the same time, is that what you said? So we have, the, we have catechesis of the Good Shepherd. So there's mm-hmm. a little overlap. So there's catechesis of okay. the Good Shepherd, which is a weekly, um, a weekly formation for uh-huh. children age three to twelve. There's also uh, a family formation, so that's open to any families, homeschool, um, public school, um, uh, Catholic schools, awesome. where once a month the children and the adults both attend class. Oh, cool! Um, and there's a theme every year. So this year it's the sacraments, and so every month. We break that down to a topic. In this case, it's, it's going to be super easy. We just we choose a sacrament for each month. Right. And so the children are learning, um, you know, age-appropriate. So they are divided by grade. And then mm-hmm. the adults are all together. Um, and so they're learning, they're learning the same things differently. Uh, but then the whole point of a family of faith is that we are helping... First of all, recognizing that the parent is the primary educator. Right. Really honoring that vocation. And then helping by supporting them and encouraging them in that. Um, so the next weeks that follow, the intent is that they are educating them at home. Um, there's some great benefits to this. One is the flexibility. So it allows parents to carve this out in their own way that works with their family schedule um, and their family personality. Um, what we are adding new this year is we're calling it community days. And so, again, once a month, everyone comes together, the adults and the children. And it's an experience of faith in some form. It might line up with the liturgical season that we're in, or it may be out of the, the lesson, out of the book. We might draw from that. But the point for that is that it's a shared experience, which when they go home, there's a common experience to continue dialoguing about and to continue going deeper in. Awesome. Awesome. And that's, uh, I really loved what you said about, you know, recognizing that the the family, right, with par- parents are the 
primary catechists of their children, right? And the family is really a unique uh, place where the faith is witnessed to and taught. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's really interesting because I, I catch myself doing this. Um, maybe others in my position do this as well. But it's super easy to assume um, certain things because oftentimes, often the case that parents are afraid. And what's behind that is all sorts of different reasons. But there's this hesitancy to, to really um, live in that role as primary educator, and for many reasons. One is often what we hear is, I wasn't well catechized. Um, and so it's intimidating. It's intimidating to look at a material, and where do you start? You know, there's just that, that initial sort of resistance with that. Um, there's other needs, too. They may be well catechized, but they want community hmm. to help foster, you know, that, you know, what's the cliche, it takes a village, but to help right. foster where your friendships are also encouraging the values and supporting those things that you deem important to raise your children in. Um, so it's that community that that we found to, this is new this year, so even as we're moving along, we're learning just by listening to the parents and um, getting to the bottom of what their need is. So trying to meet that as best we can, you know, yeah. it's a, it, takes, it takes time. Um, it takes a lot of humility and, and sometimes things fail and sometimes they go well. <laughs> yeah. So, so what kind of um, encouragement might you be able to offer to other uh, other DREs, other pastors who maybe are, are intrigued by, uh, you know, what, what you're able to do there at St. Lambert's and might want to look at something like that for their parish? What kind of encouragement advice would you give to them? One thing I've experienced, and it's pretty significant, moving to this diocese is there isn't this fear to really look um, honestly, and ask the question, why are we doing what we're doing? I think that's a starting point. It's mm. a place to really um, evaluate mm -hmm. why it is we're doing this or that. So whatever this or that is. Um, and then to be ready to be honest with that question. Um, speaking for myself, sometimes it's, it can be because it's convenient or because it's familiar. And it's just easy to continue down this road that is somewhat predictable, that requires less work because you're not starting something new or you're not following something that requires more of you. So there's a real honesty um, mm -hmm. that needs to happen in, in front of that question. Um, and also to get to know your families um, and what they're asking. It may not be a direct ask, meaning they may not say, I really need community. But other things that they um, that you learn from being in conversations with them might be pointing to that, um, mm. or a fear, you know. So what's behind that fear? So I think time, just getting to know your families and really being open to listening to what it is that they need, um, and then take the risk, mm. have conversations, very much like we're doing right now, you know, all of this. <laughs> that we do, um, for the most part, in large part, it's borrowed. You know, it's mm -hmm. inspired from 
from others' uh, decisions that they've made. Um, you know, nothing is cookie-cutter in the sense that, you know, one parish does one thing. That's not necessarily going to work in your parish. And so that's where knowing your people, knowing the needs, um, even the history of things, and yourself. Like, what are the things that really bring, for me, what are the things that really bring me to life? I love photography. I love all of everything that that involves. And so that is that is a huge part of um, something that I can implement into formation. Um, awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sharing this with our listeners. It's such a fascinating topic and so great to hear what you're able to do there at St. Lambert's. If people wanted to get in touch with you uh, for uh, to just to ask a little bit more about the program or, or see what you're doing or, like you said, maybe need a little encouragement or something to start something, how would they get in touch with you? Um, just calling St. Lambert. Um, the, do you want me to say the telephone number? <laughs> if you have it handy. <laughs> It's 336-8808. I would also say even uh, reaching out to the Chancery, there's a spirit here that, um, so everything that I've said, it seems to just be in multiple places. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us this morning. I'm going to send things up to fabulous Foggy Fargo uh, for a preview of tomorrow's show. Yeah, Thank thank you, Nick. So... On the next Real Presence Live, that's Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central, Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer are your hosts, coming to you live from the Grand Forks studio. Nancy Gord and Father William Slattery are back, and they'll be discussing Catholic themes in the book The Hobbit. Then call in with your questions during Straight Talk. And Bishop Andrew Cousins from the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis will be on to talk about starting a fire of devotion for the Eucharist. All that and more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. That's tomorrow from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Back to you. Thank you for that preview. Mm -hmm. Sounds like an exciting show. Uh, Just want to share with our listeners that... uh, this coming Monday, August 30th, I'll be in Pine Island. Father Kazel will be hosting, so you'll want to make sure to tune in to that. Um, September 8th, which is a Wednesday, I'll be here at St. James in Rochester again with Father Jason Kern. So if you want to bother Father Jason, it's a great time to stop by. And uh, uh, No, I probably shouldn't say that on there. He probably doesn't want people showing up to bother him. But uh, just so you know to tune in that day, of course. Um, and we will be here live at St. James on Thursday of our fall live drive, which is coming up soon. Some of you may have received phone calls from me or some of the other listener relationship coordinators trying to get that um, seed money and uh, other money raised so that we can go onto that fall live drive uh, strong and ready to cross that finish line live on air. But as I mentioned, we will be here at St. James in Rochester September 16th, which is a Thursday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Just got it confirmed the other day. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Let's give glory to God in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. In the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. 
Tune in for an Encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence radio network.